0: Hey everybody, welcome once again to the football fan where we are just about halfway through the season. We got some uh, crazy upsets happen this last weekend. We're going to talk about that, fantasy, waivers, and a whole lot more. Stick around. All right, guys, so we are coming. To that halfway point, I don't think we're officially at 17 games. I don't know where. I mean, you put the bye week in, I guess that'd be week nine, right? And that's where is that where we're at? We're on week 10 right now. We're past the halfway point. Things should now start clearing up, you would think. But this week was a crazy week where we had a lot of top teams just crumble and things that we thought we knew now we're starting to question. Uh, let's uh, get into that and a whole lot more with some of the first, maybe the not so breaking news that has happened in the NFL. We've had some uh, some releases and some waivers and some things. What do we have, Josh?
1: So um, right after the Raiders lost to um, New York Giants, maybe a couple hours later, they signed Deshaun Jackson to like a one or one year contract for like maybe a million and a half dollars or something like that.
0: Yeah. So they were one of those teams that we thought were. Uh, Going to win this week against the Giants, and they were in the losing column on that one for sure. And so they went out and they said, let's get some more help for Mr. Carr. We also have Russell Wilson cleared to return, right? He had a pin in his finger for a long time, and he took it out and took a picture of it on Instagram and said, hey, everybody, I'm, I'm ready to come back. If he is back, that may change the complexion of the Seahawks, because I can tell you one thing, Geno Smith is no Russell Wilson. And when they don't have Russell Wilson, they look like a different team to me. Uh, as has been the case basically the entire time he's been there. Uh, granted, they had a, a great defense that has since fallen apart, uh, but uh, Russell Wilson can still carry that thing. So hopefully he's back and good. We also had somebody else uh, uh, go on waivers, dropped, uh, and uh, it was over that long weekend, and they were going to clear waivers uh, sometime on Tuesday, wasn't it? What happened there?
1: So O'Dell Beckham was call- released Sunday or uh, Saturday. And they said, we'll just wait till Monday to release him, put him on waivers, give them that 24 hours for someone, you know, whether the top priority is like the worst team or whatever to sign him. Nobody signs him and he's had to tree agency. So anybody has, you know, any willpower to get him no matter what.
0: Odell Beckham Jr., who has been a phenomenal talent when he was in New York. Uh, he was just known for his one handed grabs. He kind of made that popular. And whenever somebody jumps up and grabs a ball one handed, now they all reference Odell Beckham Jr., Uh, then he ended up going to the Browns in a trade, right? And this Mm -hmm. was when Sir Freddie Kitchens was their coach, I believe. Wasn't that his first year when Freddie Kitchens had that one-year stint and uh, things didn't go so well? And then he was kind of invisible for a long time. Then he was hurt for a little bit and he would come, he would show up in a game here and a game there, but he really hasn't had the impact in Cleveland that a lot of people thought he would. Uh, and then evidently uh, him and his dad began uh, going on a, a war against the Browns by posting a lot to social media saying, hey, look at all the times that Baker will not target my son. And yeah, his dad was saying, and then led to the release and the divorce that happened uh, this last past week. And Now the question is, does a team out there still feel like he's a superstar? And do they feel like, he is a good fit in the locker room when he did what he did in order to get out of the Browns and who might be interested in him regardless of who he might be interested in. So let's, let's kind of unpack some of those things. First of all, he has, uh, I think made it kind of clear that he's interested in a few teams. Is that right? What teams are those?
1: Well, first he wants to say, so he wants to go to a contender and he said he was open to number one destination as the Packers. And I think the other two
2: Kansas city was the other one. And then New Orleans, Orleans. which three teams are his top three right now. Kind of confused me because
0: in New Orleans, who's his quarterback? Trevor Simeon. Does that sound like a place if you're OBJ? You're like, I want to go to a contender with Trevor Simeon. (laughs) I'm like, what?
1: Shoot, I
2: want to go to a contender with Mike White.
0: (laughs) seriously Uh, but so uh, so anyway he's thinking of 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 those three teams Packers uh, Kansas City Chiefs I can see those two being contenders although Kansas City does not look like a contender right now and we've kind of been talking about that a little bit we'll probably continue to talk about that unless Patrick Mahomes turns something around Uh, and then New Orleans I guess is a contender we'll You know, Uh, so what do you think? Uh, Do you think he'll end up in one of these three places? If so, is there one you want to see him end up in? Or do you think he'll end up in another place altogether? Or will no one take a chance on him?
2: So these are the reports that I'm seeing as of right now. The Green Bay Packers, according to someone from Odell's side, is his number one choice. Like Mm -hmm. Odell himself would love to be a Packer. The way Green Bay values him right now is a veteran minimum deal which I don't think Odell is too keen on signing something like that. He wants more of a competitive offer to play for a team. I'm not surprised Green Bay threw out a veteran minimum deal for him. Uh, I don't know exactly how he would fit in Green Bay. I don't know how close him and Aaron Rodgers are, if that trust is going to be there. If he's open, Rodgers is going to find him, and he's going to throw to him occasionally, but he's not going to be as trusted is I would even say MVS or Alan Lazard walking into Green Bay. It's a very different receiver dynamic, really with any any phenomenal Hall of Fame future quarterback. Uh, You've seen that in everyone's career. They all have their preferred receiver that they're going to want to get the ball to first. Another report, and keep in mind, these are all reports. These are not official from OBJ. This is just what I'm hearing. These could be fabricated. Uh, But if OBJ, he was looking at signing with a team today, And if he signed with the Packers today, he wanted to play Sunday against the Seahawks. Uh, That's a report that I had saw out there somewhere in the Packers Twitterverse. I don't think Green Bay is going to offer him a bigger deal. I really don't. It's hard for them to kind of crunch those cap numbers right now at this point in the season uh, with all the uncertainty going into next season for the Packers. I still think the best fit, for me personally, in my opinion, is going to be the Ravens. I don't think they've offered him anything, uh, but I think he'll look really good in purple and with Lamar, and he can get good old revenge on Cleveland.
0: Yeah, I I have a hard time seeing Kansas City or New Orleans having the cap space to bring him in. My guess is he's going to want at least the seven point whatever million he would have been paid had people mm-hmm. picked up waivers, and they didn't because they were maybe not wanting to do the rest of that deal or structure something else. But uh, of all teams, Kansas City and New Orleans are those two who like seem like they're always at the top of their cap. Uh, and. As, as creative as they've been, as many people as they've signed, it's starting to come back to get them. And so I don't know. I don't know that he'll end up in one of those places. And the truth is I don't know where I do think he will. Could he end up in Baltimore? Mm, good. Could he end up with the jets? <laughs> That'd be a, probably a tough pill for him to swallow.
2: So I, I do have a question about this and I, I want your opinions Do we think he gets signed this week at all? Or do you think he's more of a guy that gets signed closer to a team being a playoff team and just going into the maybe last three weeks of the season and then into the playoffs, maybe a team's looking to make a playoff push. They had an injury in their receiver position. They sign Odell, bring him in and then use him in their playoff push. Do you think that's a more
1: realistic opportunity? To be honest, I actually don't see him getting signed at all because like unless it's like one of those things where like a quarter like you know, a quarterback goes down to sign a backup where the wide receivers are there's three of them injured or whatever, they need to sign someone, you know, that's good enough to play only for that season, you know. But I also don't see him signing anywhere just because of the fact that he's so compared comparable to Terrell Owens where he's that locker room, you know locker room problem and where you could like you see how the altercations with Baker was, it's like, Oh, I don't even really want to talk about it, you know, he's just shrug- shrugging Odell off and like how they didn't say sorry, et cetera. It's kind of just reminiscent of the whole um, Terrell Owens and in, um, in Philadelphia thing with Donovan McNabb where like he's proven to be a player, but he's also proven to be a cancer, and you're taking a risk on both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, I try to think of like what teams are really wide receiver needy. you know, Because the truth is, if you already have a, a, a couple wide receivers that are your first and second, it's going to be hard to bring in OBJ without there being like problems Okay, who's first now? Who who gets the most of these passes? You know, I could look at a place like Indy where T.Y. has been out and hurt, and, you know, after Michael Pittman, we don't have somebody, but I don't know that he's going to fit our culture. Colts are big on culture, um, and so I truthfully i don't see him coming to the colts uh you could look at somewhere like the jaguars they really haven't had anybody stepping up Chark was supposed to be their number one we haven't even seen Chark. Uh, he's been he's on injured reserve now but would he want to go to a, a team that is so bad you know who do you got who do you have in detroit who do you have in new york um really i mean but those are not contenders and if he wants to go with a contender I'm not sure who that is that's going to say, okay, we've got a couple good receivers and we're going to throw you into that mix and just see what it does.
2: Yeah, I just had this thought occur to me. Staying within his division but not going to Baltimore, he could go to Cincinnati because they're also looking to make that playoff push. I don't know how their, their culture is right now in the locker room. They're, I mean, they're in a rebuilding phase over these next five years anyway. Uh, if they just bring him in, especially with uh, their running game only having one solid running back and Joe Mixon and just adding someone to the outside that could open up a lot of your running game. And you could start to get more running lanes in there and then also just get OBJ the ball, let's say four or five times a game because we know he can get open and Joe Burrow will throw to an open receiver. He'll draw attention, but so will Jamar Chase.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that would like stunt Jamar Chase his development uh to have obj in there i don't think they're
2: all all lsu guys yeah Uh, they've they've known each other for so long obj was in their locker room after after their national championship win throwing out fake money you know
0: that could be a place that that could work you know I, i hadn't thought of that but the truth is like the the guys who are uh lower on their depth chart higgins and boyd and those um they're not so great that you'd be like well we won't we would we wouldn't want to give OBJ those passes. I, I could see it turning into the chase and OBJ show, you know, with a few uh, underneath routes going on by somebody else. But man, that'd be scary.
2: Or is this a situ- is this a, a Mike McCarthy situation where you just grab every top receiver possible and throw them in the lineup?
0: Man, I just don't. Can you be a
2: Dallas Cowboy?
0: Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb already have so many passes going around. I don't see where they would have enough to go around.
2: When you throw 50 passes a game.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> there's a lot of passes in there.
0: I mean, I know I know. Uh, Jerry Jones has been known to pick up receivers that he loves, so it could happen. It could.
2: Same with Mike McCarthy. You know, an owner, head coach kind of deal right there.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see where, where OBJ goes. Uh, we'll keep our eye on that, and I'm sure that if it is breaking today, uh, if it happens during this podcast, we'll let you know as soon as we know. Uh, but uh, we'll keep our eye on that. Now, you, somebody in here mentioned uh, Mike White. Mike White was uh, supposed to go up against the Colts this last weekend and uh, got in for one series and hit his arm. Uh, well, hit his arm. DeForest Buckner hit his arm, and uh, he was out for the rest of that game. Uh, his his replacement did well, uh, but the Jets. The Jets didn't look the same without Mike White, even though uh, his replacement got three touchdowns and 370-some yards, something like that. Uh, We all wanted to see, is Mike White everything he looks like he's hyped up to be after that one game? Uh, So he is set to start versus Buffalo this week, and that'll be an interesting game because Buffalo just lost to the Jags. And uh, if the Jets can come back and beat Buffalo, we're all going to be saying, are these Buffalo Bills really that good? The Jets and Buffalo have played each other earlier this year, right? Didn't Buffalo lose to the Jets once already? For sure. To be swept by the Jets, that would that would be bad, bad news.
2: I like Mike White. I, I feel like the way Mike White has been playing so far is more of an intelligent game rather than more of I'm just going to lob the ball up there and hope hope for the best. Matthew, correct me if I'm wrong, but the touchdown he threw in that game was due to a blown coverage that he recognized almost immediately. Correct?
0: I think it was Rocky scene, uh, if I remember correctly. It seems like he, if there's a busted coverage, it seems like it's always cornerback. scene. Yeah, it,
2: it was on the left side of the field. The cornerback came up too far, and it just left this perfect hole in the end zone. And you, you could tell right before Mike White threw that ball, that is not where he was going to throw it. But he recognized it immediately. Better than all of these other quarterbacks that are debuting in the NFL in the past few seasons yeah. have done. And so to me, he's more intellig- intelligently involved with the game, which will lead to greater success over time.
0: I'll be interested to see his career. And I hope when he. When he comes back, like everything's good, you know he was gripping the ball on the sideline, but he never came back in. I kept thinking they're going to bring him back in, but I think the game got so out of hand they're like, let's let's not put him in there and get him hurt uh, more. Um, yeah, well, uh, let's uh, let's look at some of these games from Week Nine because, like I mentioned earlier upsets all over the NFL not what we expected from week nine when we went into this slate of games if you would have been picking here's who I think is going to win you'd have been wrong in a lot of games Um, we talked about the Giants upsetting the Raiders Uh, the Giants haven't looked good the Raiders have been looking good is this the beginning of that downfall of the Raiders that always happens mid-season maybe maybe we'll see but we also had some other upsets talk us through some of those uh either one of you. josh why don't you start talking us talk us through some of these upsets that happen
1: um falcons upset the saints on the game-winning field goal i don't know if it was due part to um james winson being gone they had that i guess that white at quarterback or just the defense the saints you know because the saints have like a top five defense overall i don't know if it's just matt, matt ryan like recognize the defense is better in presence knowing what they were going to do type of deal but I remember like a couple of weeks ago when we did our player predictions, I was like, the Falcons are going to seek up on a couple of people and they've been playing really well enough. And right now they're in that seventh seed through the playoffs.
2: Let me make sure I heard this correctly. The Falcons didn't blow it in the fourth quarter. That's they, correct. No. Right. That is they correct. Came
0: they came back and, in the fourth quarter. It's a new era. Th-
2: this is a different Falcons team already. I'm going to put that out there. And <laughs> the Falcons upset the saints, the saints upset the Buccaneers Falcons are the best in their division. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All the old transitive property that really doesn't work in football. But uh, yeah, you know, we uh, we also saw the Jags upset the Bills. And well, when I say we saw, I bet nobody was watching that game just thinking the Bills had that one in hand. I know I wasn't watching that game. I was watching other games that were going on. And, and uh, I kept looking at my fantasy score where I have Mr. Josh Allen uh, as my quarterback thinking, when are these points going to start? How come I'm not getting notifications about touchdowns? What is going on? And then lo and behold, the lowly Jags beat the Bills. What's going on with the Bills? They've lost several now. Are they really that good? Or what is it you think has happened to the Bills?
1: One of the main problems I saw in this game was your points getting taken away from Josh Allen. It was going directly back to Josh Allen of the Jaguars defense. What do you mean? Josh Allen the linebacker on the, the Jaguars he had like a fourth a four stumble a sack and an interception on, on Josh Allen
0: right right okay yeah for a minute there I forgot this was the Josh Allen v. Josh Allen contest <laughs> I don't know how I could have forgotten yeah, this that this
2: was not this was not Josh Allen v. Trevor Lawrence Josh Allen right.
0: v. Josh Allen so Josh Allen for the Jags looking pretty good uh, and I guess Trevor Lawrence did just barely enough because that score was not a high scoring game. It did just barely enough. Yeah. What was it? Nine to six? Nine. Nah. Yeah. yeah. Such a stupid game. Come on, Josh Allen of the Bills. Get it together. So we'll have to keep our eye on that situation and see where the Bills are actually going this year.
2: I'm gonna move on to this next one, uh, because it directly involves where I live. So Everyone knows on Facebook, you can put your marked safe from a certain event and there's that little flag and then everyone knows you're good. Well, this week we have been marked safe from hearing we are Dem boys all week, all week (laughs) with the Broncos upsetting Dem boys, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they did. And that, that wasn't even a, that wasn't even like a close game. It was what? 30 to zero.
0: It was was a complete runaway. You think Teddy's just that good? Or did something happen and the, the Cowboys just fell apart?
1: I don't know. I, I'm, I'm thinking some of it has to do with um, they rushed uh, uh, Jack Prescott back a little too soon, maybe. Because I remember he was off, off uh, on Sunday night with um, like that groin or hamstring injury or whatever.
0: I bet that played a part in it. But, man, you think you think they could have got something going with that. Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and uh, CD Lamb and Amari Cooper. You just have so many weapons. They couldn't get it going at all. And again, that affected my fantasy league as I had CeeDee Lamb, and maybe not in this league. I can't remember. I might have him in the other league. But horrible showing. Horrible showing from everybody outside DeAndre Hopkins. Horrible showing. Nobody who is my famous stars did well this week. Not one of them. What else we got here? We got, oh, Titans upset the Rams. Uh, I think I mentioned already, I was really hoping to see the Titans, maybe I didn't mention, maybe this was before the podcast. I was really hoping to see the Titans take a huge step back without King Henry in their backfield. I was hoping to see like uh, Blitzes just hurrying Ryan Tannehill and them not being able to complete anything and it just being a total meltdown, and all of a sudden the AFC South opening, like the clouds parting in front of the sun and the Colts being able to see a way to the playoffs. But what did we really see? We saw the Titans soundly thump the uh, Los Angeles Rams and the Titans went ahead and took another step forward and looked really good, looked really strong, even with AP in there. What do you guys think? They're the, they're the number one season. Oh, by the way, earlier I, I wanted to say it was like such an odd place. We were talking about Cincinnati. Uh, I saw a stat somewhere going into week eight, I think it was. Cincinnati was number one in the AFC coming out of week nine. They're last in their division now. Yeah, uh, they were like the head of the AFC the whole side, now they're like number four in, in their own division. But anyway, yeah. um, looking at the, the Titans, they're number one in the in the AFC right now. If you were to stop today, they would have the number one seed, and they'd be going against the Cardinals uh, in the NFC uh, at, at that number one seed. What do you guys think of the Titans going forward?
2: I'm not sold right now on any AFC team. I, I know at the beginning of the season we talked about how the AFC just appeared to be so stacked coming in where we thought the NFC would have a lot of uncertainty in a lot of their rankings, but it turns out it's the complete opposite. It's just what the NFL does to you, right? right. You think one thing and it's the complete opposite. As I mentioned off air before we started, like fantasy football is 15% skill and 85% luck. <laughs> it's the same with predicting stuff in the NFL. Each yep. week is going to be different. There's going to be different game plans, different schemes, and we get surprises like this, and it just happens to be one of those seasons, not even one of those weeks, one right. of those seasons.
0: Yeah, and I agree. The AFC right now is such a confusing picture. Coming into the year, everybody had Kansas City in the Super Bowl. They're like, yeah, they're going back. But then Buffalo started looking good, and everybody was like, whoa, 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 maybe Buffalo is actually the cream of the crop, and, and Kansas City's number two. Well, now you look at those two teams, and you don't think either one of them are number two or three. You're like, they're down there. Who Who's number mm-hmm. one? titans and who would have thought that not me
1: i feel like the number two the two teams that are like quote unquote certain i guess like you guys are saying are the ones i'm surprised are the titans and the ravens because the titans defense has improved so much this from last season to this season that it's not so much um depending on derrick henry to run the ball it's more so a balanced attack where like you don't have to depend on him to run where you can depend on like the defense to hold up the offense that's Mm -hmm. like playing. And then the Ravens, Lamar Jackson's always going to be good against anybody who's playing. But everything else is just, it's all surprising. Whereas, you know, the Steelers are on a four-game win streak. We didn't expect that four weeks ago when we made our playoff predictions.
0: And the truth is, I didn't expect the Titans to be this good offensively because they lost their offensive coordinator who had given them such success. They were starting with a brand new offensive coordinator. I'm like, this is not going to bode well, but it hasn't skipped a beat. Uh, So I wasn't sure that the Titans would be better offensively this year. And they are. They are. But we we also have the number one seed on the other side in the NFC. Uh, they won a game without their their top two, right? They, they didn't have Kyler Murray, and they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. And they still beat the 49ers. Now, is that more an indictment on the 49ers? <laughs> or are, are the Cardinals just that well-rounded?
2: I, I wasn't expecting that much of a, an aggressive game from, what, Colt McCoy? McCoy. Leading that offense. Uh, I really thought I I know it's the time of the season where the 49ers are just all injured, but they're not at the point where they're starting footlocker managers yet. We still got a couple more weeks before the 49ers do that. So I was expecting a bit more of a game. I don't know if this was just a division thing with the Cardinals saying, hey, remember when you slapped us around so hard a couple of years ago? Well, now you're old and you're crippled and we're just going to kick that <laughs> cane out from under you, shove you down the stairs, put you in the garbage can and throw you in the
0: ocean. Very descriptive. Very descriptive. Maybe maybe that's what's still going on I in have the no back of no
2: experience with that. Yeah, I have no experience with that. <laughs>
0: He's never kicked the cane out from <laughs> somebody and shoved him down the stairs. <laughs> As far as we know. Speaking of Colt McCoy, that, that brings up uh, another thought that I had. Uh, I heard Sam Darnold has a fractured scapula in his throwing arm or something like that. And he was going to, he's going to be out for a while and they're putting in PJ Walker. Yeah. He was a Colt and yeah. then he was in the AAF yeah. and the now, yeah. yeah, or the XFL. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I wonder, you know, uh, all of the, you know cam newton stuff out there and uh other quarterbacks that you think might come in and and they're they're flying with pj walker they're not signing somebody else to bring him in maybe because pj walker probably has knows their offense but man uh i i'm gonna have to take back a couple of weeks ago we talked about who's gonna make those seven spots and i said oh carolina's gonna sneak into that seventh spot and that was just before they started looking real bad and i'm just gonna right flat man. out say i don't think that's true at all i don't think carolina's gonna make the playoffs
2: Here's the funny thing about Sam Darnold's injury. I think the the complete medical term as an incomplete fracture. So Sam Darnold is so bad, he can't even complete a fracture. Like, what is this point of the season? Just so bad, can't even complete breaking his his own body.
0: You know, though, you think of those first three weeks. Now, granted, they were playing teams that didn't win against anybody. But they looked good, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking, Sam Darnold, man, he got away from the Jets and things. Everybody was. Everybody's like, oh, look, Sam Darnold's finally been freed. He's doing well. Well, three weeks later, it's not looking so good.
2: That's also at Jameis Winston. Giving the reins to Sean Payton's offense, and and look at him now, and same with Teddy Bridgewater. We've seen it a a few times across the NFL this season.
0: Teddy Bridgewater actually won, though, this last week, uh, which is different from Carolina and New Orleans. He's, he's still got some hope, maybe. Although I don't think he's their long-term answer. I think he's better than Drew Locke, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Well, hey, let's uh, go ahead and look at some of our uh, Homer highlights real quick uh, before we uh, move on to our predictions and such here in the NFL.
1: <laughs> I win in your face. Yeah. How do you like some apples?
0: Go! <laughs> <laughs> oh! What's going on, Brandon? What is going on with this QB that is like, I I just want to I just want to throw something out there so you can respond to this. Uh, okay. He came out with an apology. He says, "I'm I'm sorry. So many people felt misled. <laughs> I just had to laugh so hard at that quote." Apology, where he took no responsibility, but said people felt misled. Instead of saying "I'm so sorry, I misled people," I'm so sorry people felt misled. He he said, "I'm sorry, you guys were all idiots and didn't understand things." What's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Didn't play this week, right? We all know what's been going on with COVID situation. Throwing it to you, Brandon.
2: Yeah. So so Aaron has a handful of things. Uh, I'm I'm going to state out there, I am vaccinated. I, I believe in the vaccine, but I, I I understand part of his points and I disagree with other parts parts of his points. And I think a handful of people also felt that way. There were some people that just completely blew up and disagreed with everything, and there were people that just agreed with everything. I fall squarely in the middle. I, I think when he came on the Pat McAfee show on Friday, and it was Aaron Rodgers Friday as well, <sighs> where, where he just talked about, I really do think that was – all honesty coming out of Aaron.
0: I do too. In that moment. And I think all of his Um, publicists are like, what in the world are you doing?
2: (laughs) I see part of his perspective uh, based on some of my family members. According to Aaron, he has an allergy to the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. Mm -hmm. There's something in it. It's on the CDC website. I believe that. I don't think he was fabricating that. To him, there were too many risks with the j and j vaccine based on the side effects that could affect his on field play some some of those side effects being heart issues actually As the j and j we' are discovering
0: the j and j was the blood clotting the mrna was the heart blood issue clotting, stuff yes. that was moderna uh, the j and j had some blood clotting. I think it was seven women and no men uh, out of the Millions of people who took it. Well, I'll let you go on before I weigh in here.
2: Yeah, I, I felt like it was just enough to, to scare him out of it. Uh, and so he, he sought some external options, which I haven't seen any research on these external options, so I'm not going to comment on that. I haven't talked to any medical professionals on it. I haven't read anything from medical professionals on it. I haven't looked at anything from medical professionals on it. Uh, so I'm going to leave that there. You can, you can do your own reading for medical professionals on it. The, the part where he got into some COVID stipulations with the NFL and, and what their rules are, I, I'm a big person for following all policies and procedures that are set, set forth. If you don't like them, there is a process to go through it. it. His process, he said he went through, the NFL came out with a different statement. In reality, I think it's probably a middle-of-the-road thing. Uh, The NFL probably said something different where Aaron interpreted it differently than what the NFL had intended for him to interpret uh, is where I kind of think that fell into. What are you talking about here? I do believe there were uh, conversations. When Aaron had made a plea to the NFL for his external.
0: Ivermectin kind of solution to to be considered a vaccination.
2: Yeah, For his immunization (laughs) to be considered COVID vaccinated Um, I I agree with the NFL that I, I haven't read any studies on that, but I agree that that, uh, still counts as unvaccinated Mm -hmm. In everything except the press conferences, Aaron did follow COVID protocols and procedures. Not entirely true. Uh, The press conferences is is where he got,
0: he did go to a Halloween party. He was not supposed to unmask with more than three people. And he did stand on Uh, the sidelines without a mask, which was also part of the mandate. So there's all three of those actually.
2: Yeah. Let me correct myself inside the Packers facility he had followed. So the Halloween party was at his house uh, with any field that's outdoors. Uh, you don't have to wear the mask, but indoor stadiums you do.
0: So at other uh, at other stadiums, he broke yeah. the vax, the, so the rule, I, but not at home. OK, he has not been masked on the sideline all if, year.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he's played in an indoor stadium this season. When we went to Arizona, they had the roof open, which made it an outdoor stadium. I'm just going to To my knowledge, I don't think we've played at an indoor stadium. I'm going to go ahead
0: and kind of quickly weigh in here. I don't think most of the people, now that this may not be true. I don't think most of the people I've talked to had any trouble if he would have said I don't want to be vaccinated or I can't be vaccinated because of, you know, the allergy and, you know, my fear of the Johnson and Johnson which which I, I wonder at his fear of that, to be honest. But the, the thing I think people hate is that he felt, and I think this is absolutely true, he felt like, I can mislead people and get away with it. Uh, I think he fully intended mm-hmm. to mislead people. Uh, the If you went ahead and listened to the rest of the, you know, he said, if anybody would have asked me a follow-up question, I would have told them. Well, the very next question was a follow-up question, if you listen to that whole interview. He did not. Uh, I think he fully intended for people to mistakenly think he was vaccinated. But even if he had like a a, a miscommunication thinking, okay, well, the league may still rule that this counts as vaccination or doesn't, uh, he went on for the rest of the, you know, he went on for the rest of, until he was caught, until he caught COVID, he went on like leading people to believe that he was vaccinated, not wearing masks, not following protocol. You know, Kirk Cousins said he didn't agree with the vaccination and everybody got upset. And, you know, whether you agree with that or not, at least he was honest. And I think what, and he's not the only one, There, are high profile people. And, you know, Aaron Rogers said this, he said, you know, I just didn't want to have that backlash. I think what he wanted was to not to do what he wanted and not have people talking bad about him. He wanted to be liked. And so he lied. He, I think, he made the conscious decision to lie, and I think that's what bugs me about it. Is he knew he wasn't being, inte- you know, full of integrity, and he thought he was going to get away with it or that it shouldn't apply to him. And uh, I think that's the thing that people are mostly upset about. It's like, and then the worst, he got fined fourteen thousand six hundred dollars. Oh, poor Aaron Rodgers. What's he going to do? How's he going to make it? I actually think
2: it was. I think it was more than that. Alan Lazard was fined. No, nope, they were fined the
0: exact same, exact same amount, and uh, the club was fined three hundred thousand. But poor Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if he can make it without fourteen thousand more dollars. Even if it was fifteen thousand, he doesn't make that much money, living on the poverty line level almost. I don't know if he can afford that. It was just such a farce for the NFL to say, "Okay, we're going to fine you fourteen thousand dollars." And I think everybody I know, unless they were Green Bay fans. Uh, And I'm not saying you're like this, but there are some rabid Green Bay fans who are like, hey, man, the league, you know, they have these things, just lay off. Aaron Rodgers deserved not to be, you know, and I'm like, okay, I don't know about deserve, but it seemed like a super, super soft discipline for Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, What was it? uh, Somebody was saying, um, somebody wasn't pulling up their socks and they got fined $50,000 and Aaron Rodgers gets fined $14,000 for this. (laughs) It's like so crazy but yeah i think it's the lack of integrity uh, and i think there's a lack of apology i don't think he's sorry at all that he did it now it'll be interesting he'll probably have to start wearing a mask now we'll see what happens with that but i'm sorry i didn't mean to hijack hijack your homer highlights there just had so many thoughts on what was going on and it has nothing to do with whether or not he decided to get the vaccine to me I think that's their choice uh, like I said Kirk Cousins didn't regardless of what people think I love that he stood up and said I'm not getting this and I'm you know I'm going to take whatever I have to take to do that um, so he didn't play this weekend how'd your homer highlights go without Aaron Rodgers in
2: Yeah, so I, I have a couple things and I wish I would have said this on the record last week I I talked about it with some other people on Jordan Love. A lot of people asked me what my expectations for Jordan Love were Mm -hmm. statistically. And I I said he'd probably throw a touchdown and have about 200 yards passing. That's about what I would expect for Jordan Love's first career start. And that was actually pretty close. It was 190 190 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Uh, So that's about what I expected from him. Some Green Bay fans that are, like, way over the edge (laughs) were thinking – every starting quarterback for their first NFL debut has to have like 400 yards. Otherwise they're not going to be successful. They have to be Mike well, White. We, we all know that's not true. I have a few stats here from some notable quarterbacks in NFL history yeah. on their very first career start. I'll start with Aaron Rodgers. He threw 201 yards and one touchdown.
0: Boom. Almost exact.
2: Uh, Brett Favre, Brett Favre, 210 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns.
0: A little more. He completed
1: a himself.
2: Uh, <laughs> Packers fans, we always, I don't, I personally don't. Most of them hate Troy Aikman in every broadcast. And sometimes he has some good points. Sometimes he doesn't. Uh, I felt like at times he was sympathetic in the broadcast to Jordan Love, but at other times he wasn't. So I pulled up his first game stats, 180 yards, 10 yards less than Jordan, two interceptions, no touchdowns. There you go. Troy Aikman. The one that surprised me the most was John Elway. He went one for eight and his first career start, fourteen yards and an interception. So, oh, and I pulled up another one for all the all you Bears fans. Just a couple weeks ago, Justin Fields, sixty-eight yards, nine sacks.
0: I don't know if I don't know if Justin Fields would fit in with all these other names you've been <laughs> saying here. That's like the uh, yeah. well, what was it uh, when uh, Kyle Orton was placed on like the all-time greats list that somebody made. <laughs> There's like all these like <laughs> Hall of Fame people, and then at the very last spot is Kyle Orton. You're like. How did he get on that list?
2: So my point developing this is not every quarterback looks great. Oh, sorry. I, I left I left a couple of them out to get through it. But I do want to point out Peyton Manning had some interesting stats in his game. 302 yards. That's excellent. Like, that's a really good game. You would want that every week out of a quarterback. One touchdown, but three interceptions.
0: He did a lot of good interceptions that first year, didn't he? <laughs>
2: yeah. And, but we all know that every quarterback's first game does not define their career. And we've seen some great quarterbacks that started out great, ended up in the hall of fame. Uh, People like Dan Marino had an excellent debut game in the NFL. I don't have the exact stats, uh, but it's, it's up there. And then he also built a career on that. So Jordan love would have done great. We know the potential was there. Uh, I did think he had some really good reads when he wasn't being blitzed by eight people with only five people blocking. That's part of the the schematic thing. Matt LaFleur mentioned that he forgot to adjust. Jordan Love doesn't have the same freedom at the line of scrimmage because he doesn't have the same experience as Aaron Rodgers. Right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, it, it took him – a couple of years to be able to get that trust with the offense uh, to be able to adjust those plays under Mike McCarthy and it's like that for any quarterback in the NFL it's not gonna you're not gonna start making all these adjustments on day one what we want to see is growth stable growth and smart decisions with moments of really good football play and I feel like we've gotten that Since Jordan has been there day one, do I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer? I don't have enough information on that yet, so I'm not going to confidently say anything. But I'm confident that he could be a good quarterback in this era of the NFL. Just more experience is really what I think he needs. And it was really good for him to play Kansas City. I'm going to stop talking about Jordan Love now, get to my other points so we can continue on. Uh, I thought the Packers gave up the run game way too early. They were doing great in the run game and just kind of abandoned it. I don't understand that. Uh, I'm sure they'll fix it. Matt LaFleur is not great at in-game fixes, but you better watch out for that next game because he learns from his mistakes really well. The defense. What mistake do you think he's
0: going to learn from your kicking though? (laughs) That he has the wrong kicker.
2: (laughs) I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Uh, I'm going to continue with the defense. I know Kansas City's offense has uh not been winning them games because of their high turnover differential, but they're still the number three ranked offense in the NFL coming into this game. It's crazy. And me. for Green Bay's offense, for Green Bay's offense to go in there without your top really two corners, Eric Stokes got injured in pregame, a temporary knee thing. He won't be out for the season. Just tweaked it. They decided to play it safe. Don't start him. Don't risk a long-term injury. I agree with that. Kenny Clark left really after the first quarter, so we didn't get to see much of Kenny Clark. I'm going to throw him in that mix. And Zadarius Smith had back surgery. He might be back this season. He might not. But those are really the three, excluding Eric Stokes, those are the three main guys on this defense. And to go against a team with a lot of firepower on offense that isn't winning games and sometimes is winning games, Uh, I was impressed with, except for that first drive that they had. They marched down the field. They got a, they got a touchdown. Every time after that, there was great adjustments by Joe Barry on how this defense was going to respond. And I'm not even angry. I I liked it. They did well. Uh, Our special teams, yeah. Our special teams is not so special. No. That's that's what I'm going to label it as. Uh, that first kick is squarely on Mason Crosby. I know it, the commentator said it's kind of a hard stadium to kick in. Whatever, you got to make a kick like that. It, it just has to happen. It's 40 yards. You should adjust to it in pregame a bit more. Uh, it, but he, he missed it by a few inches, still zero points. Uh, the second one, I don't put it on Mason Crosby. I put it on our blocking. In every field goal situation this season, I've noticed that our blocking has been subpar. Hmm. on that line we've had more blocked kicks this season than we have had in the past five years combined and it's just due to a lack of blocking they need to really firm up their blocking on there and allow mason crosby to have that time and i don't know if mason feels more pressured because of that where he's missing more kicks this season
0: missing that one kick and having a and having a block wouldn't have looked so bad had he not just like had that game where he missed like five kicks Uh, And then finally got the last one. But
2: yeah, when every kicker missed every kick, every every kicker that week, that was the worst. I I like our, I like our punter, Corey Bajorquez. That's about the only highlight of our special teams. Amari Rogers is not holding onto the ball. Malik Taylor touched the ball that set up Kansas City field goal uh, at the nine yard line. A lot of stuff to figure out in this special teams unit. I don't know what they're ranked. I'm going to give them a rank of like 50th in the NFL. I think the backups (laughs) of the special team units on every team could do better than Green Bay is currently doing.
0: (laughs) Well, they better Uh, get that part fixed because it it takes all three phases to really win a season.
2: Yeah, if if Green Bay was even ranked like 18 to 23, somewhere in there, I would be much happier. Mm -hmm. I'll stop talking about my Packers right now.
0: Colts looked good, looked good, but it was the Jets you know, they looked really good. Jonathan Taylor, by the way, has the two fastest runs for the season in the NFL. He's got up the to top speed, uh, top two speeds, and he has the two longest runs in the NFL. And right now he is the active rushing leader uh, since Henry's out. <laughs> and so uh, it'd be great if he could go ahead and uh, continue to, to add to that and maybe get the, the rushing, rushing leader crown uh, for that. Division is getting away from us. Like I said, the Titans won when I was hoping they would implode. Uh, We're not getting any closer. Uh, And the in-season hard knocks will be starting this month. I went ahead and got my HBO Max subscription last night and went ahead and watched Dune since I had that, which wasn't as great as I'd been hearing. Um, I read the books. I agree. The, The thing was slow. The music was horrible. Uh, act, uh, the Acting wasn't my favorite So I'm just going to put that out there Dune people But that's the Colts highlights What about Washington?
1: Uh, we had a bye And um, I still like we feel lost still, I still like we feel <laughs> Still lost Honestly because, uh, um, The Detroit Lions bye week Yes yeah, So, cause, so Dustin, uh, Dustin Hopkins Our kicker released For Blewett Which Blewett was also released For will get to in a minute But Hopkins is, was signed by The um, Chargers a couple weeks ago And he um, He kicked the game In a field goal against Philadelphia
0: all he needed Sorry, was a change showed, of scenery.
1: Yeah, Philadelphia lost, but we still just released the kicker that you know he will probably start doing good, like every other kicker. Like we've had a history of kickers going back to like 2010. We're like we released, we had Graham Gano who started doing bad. We released him. He went to Carolina. He, he's one of the best kick. He was one of the best kickers, and now he's in New York and he's doing pretty good. They're just a line of kickers where like they, a change of scenery works perfect for him. Like I said, blew it um, during our bye week was released and and replaced. We signed Joey Sly, which is. Um, He came from uh, San Francisco, but he was in Carolina when uh, Ron Rivera was with Carolina. So far, I mean, he's he's an all right guy, but um, just another Carolina guy, pretty much.
0: All right. Well, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and get to our fantasy results, and then we're going to do a lightning round of of fantasy predictions. What's our results from last week?
2: All right. This last week, uh, as Matthew pointed out, off air, if you usually vote bad, you probably did good. And if you usually vote good, you probably did bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's pretty accurate we had uh, three people go three and three this past week we had Josh Matthew and Jacob McCormick we had three sections go five and one that was Mm -hmm. Abigail who has been voting moderately well so far this season Mm -hmm. Jacob Nelson who's been towards the bottom of the pack and the NFL who has also been voting moderately well this season uh and we have one six and oh performance and he, and he needed it really bad. really bringing up my score <laughs> i needed it now now when i get to the overall list you will see i went six and zero. i take the crown this week but i still do not have the overall crown but i'm coming for you
0: <laughs> you just gotta have so a couple more a couple more weeks of the nfl being upside down and you're mm-hmm. gonna be there
1: so what happens if the nfl does better by week 18 than you do like who are you gonna send the ice cream to
2: Roger Goodell will have to come visit me.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> so uh, we have four records right now. We have 29 and 19 for the season. That is myself and Jacob Nelson. We have 30 and 18 at Matthew, 31 and 17 with Josh, and 32 and 16, our top record with Abigail and the NFL.
0: Good job, I'm Abigail. Abigail and the NFL seem to be riding hip to hip here uh, when, they're, when they're in that overall. So. Well, let's go to our fantasy predictions. We're going to make this fast, hit the salient points. Uh, Brandon, lead us through the matchups.
2: Uh, we have our first matchup. We have the sauce and stars and steel or sauce and steel. The NFL favorite is stars and steel. I have the sauce. Matthew, what do you got?
0: I have the sauce, even though they're not favored by the NFL. Uh, I just have faith.
2: Yeah, I got the sauce as well. All right. Our next matchup, we have Mopla and Rothgar or mop rothgar the nfl favorite is rothgar i agree with that matthew
0: i had to also agree with that because the record so far i think it's it's going to be a little closer than those scores but i'm going rothgar
1: me too rothgar
2: all right we have run cmc and sir topham hat or sir cmc the nfl favorite is sir topham hat i agree with the nfl what do you got matthew
0: uh, I also agree, and I do have to make a small shout out here. Um, it was poetic justice last week that Sir Topham Hat beat me. Now Josh Allen didn't play, Aguilar did nothing, uh, D. Hopkins was out. You know, I had like a rough, rough week, but mm-hmm. he did offer me Carson Wentz in a trade for somebody that I have on IR. Uh, anyway, I, I declined that trade. I didn't, I didn't take that trade, and then he came back with Carson Wentz and that Indianapolis defense and beat me at my own game. Good job, Sir Topham Hat.
2: So let me get this straight. You are not throwing the flag on him this week, but congratulating him?
0: I am congratulating him, even though um, I, he, I I'd pay no attention to his comments during the game because I feel like, <clears throat> Jacob, no offense, you can be somewhat stabby pokey and smug in your comments. So I don't read them during the football games, but I do congratulate you on that win, especially since you did it with uh, Carson and the Colts. As long as you're an indie believer, I'm for you. And there's no way I would, no other way I'd rather lose than when Indy's doing great.
1: I don't think he was an indie believer. I think we were talking about it Thursday night. He's like, "Who do you think's winning?" And he's like, oh, "I have the Colts still, but I don't, I don't really like him." Wasn't that him?
0: I think he said, "I just love that I'm beating Matthew with his Colts." I think he said that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is a very
2: Jacob McCormick comment. Uh, and expect them this season and the next decade and all of our seasons. To come, our next <laughs> matchup we have Taylor Made, which is our new team name change from Tyreek and Havoc, since Tyreek Hill is not carrying his team, but Jonathan Taylor, Woo-woo. Taylor Made versus Twenty Four Blast or Taylor Blast. I have Taylor Made winning this matchup.
1: What do you have, Matthew?
0: Agreed, Taylor Made, Jonathan Taylor, awesome.
1: I have myself awesome, but I like to give a shout out. Like he said, to Jonathan Taylor, I tweeted at him. I asked, offered him because I'm going to east side of Indianapolis, east side of Indiana, kind of close to Indianapolis for Thanksgiving. i if he's not, you know, done a family in the air that we can have Thanksgiving together because he's been carrying my team the whole season, and I haven't had a response yet, but I'm hoping <laughs> for a response.
2: All right, Twitterverse, go to Josh's Twitter, and let's make this happen. All right, our next matchup, we have the Reich Stuff versus Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, or the Reich Heart Attack. Uh, in this matchup, I like clear eyes full hearts to win it what do you have Matthew
0: I unfortunately also I'm going with clear eyes full hearts
2: and Josh yeah, yeah
0: clear
1: eyes it's
2: a sad
0: yeah. day when you uh, vote against yourself but I had to
2: all right our final matchup of the week is one that intrigues me the most hmm. we have not basketball against Kanto Sparks or Kanto basketball the NFL favorite is not basketball I agree I think not basketball pulls up the upset here what do you have
1: Josh I also pick. Dot thinks he's gonna pick, think he's gonna pick up the upset. This overall team looks better, especially with um the defense he has against Arizona versus Carolina. All right, actually, that doesn't make sense. But I just yeah, I'm picking math not basketball. And Matthew, what do you have?
0: I am sticking with uh, our leader so far, Canto Sparks. Uh, they're they're apart by point and a half, and. Uh, I love, I love not basketball's players. I think not basketball has really turned this roster uh, around in the last few weeks and he's been doing some good winning and uh, still love you, Dylan. But uh, I just feel like somehow Kanto is going to come out uh, with that. He has an awesome roster also two really good rosters. I'm going Kanto sparks.
2: All right, that is it. Uh, We're going to move through and blitz round marquee manure and my, Oh my
0: start with you, Brandon. Why don't you just hit, what are your three games?
2: All right, Marquis, I have Browns at Patriots. Uh, This game is very intriguing to me because I think with the current state of the AFC, one of these teams will be a wild card spot. Uh, And I think this game will help determine that, who we see in there. I know the Browns have been kind of banged up so far this season, like they get at this point every season. And then it feels like they kind of turn it around towards the end. And last season, they actually won a playoff game in Pittsburgh. My Mm -hmm. manure game, I know... I put Bills in my manure game last week. <laughs> I still stand by it. It was a manure game, but for a completely different reason. Uh, so I got Bills at Jets, manure, and my my oh my, I put Chiefs at Raiders. I always love these AFC West matchups because right now this whole division is just in shambles. We have no idea who's going to go where at any point, and I want to see this game uh, solely for if the chiefs could move to number two in their division. Uh, Cause it took them so much work to move up to number three from number four.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're talking about the chiefs being ranked above the Denver Broncos. <laughs> so I want to see if they can win this game, maybe move up to number two in their division, or if they'll stay at number three in
1: their division.
0: That's a good one. What do you have Josh for your three?
1: Uh, marquee, I have Minnesota uh, LA Chargers. This week, it's like, you can only pick two, really, two to maybe three games, really, for your marquee. All of them just either have a good team that's probably going to dominate a bad team or, you know, just two bad teams. And so I had to, I went with Minnesota, LA, seemed like the best fit. Uh, manure, I have Detroit at Pittsburgh. Although Pittsburgh's kind of making a comeback, they're like third or second in their division now, almost in the playoffs, seventh seed. But playing Detroit, I just feel like um, they're, they're just going to handle it easily. And then my, oh, my, I actually went the surprising one. Um, I picked Atlanta to see D- Dallas because, like I said, I feel like Atlanta is making a really strong push, and they're going to get that seventh seed. But this game right here is against Dallas, the, the number two or number three seed in the NFC right here. I just feel like if they can win this game, they're really going to make a statement.
0: Well, I uh... – I picked. Uh, I'm going to go backwards from oh Miami. Oh I did the Browns Patriots uh, because I do feel like both of them five win teams. That's going to be a good game and uh, yeah, two good teams. Choice, good choice. Two teams I haven't really uh, decided on. Like, are they strong or not this year? Uh, manure. I went Lions versus Steelers. Also, mostly because Lions are winless and I don't know what team they're going to win against. Uh, looking forward. I haven't really looked at their schedule, but that's something we may talk about next week. Uh, marquee uh, is the only marquee on condition, and that is uh, Seattle versus the Packers. Uh, and that really has to do with, will Russell Wilson be playing and will Aaron Rodgers be playing? Because if neither one of those are playing, this is a really sad looking marquee game. But if they are, uh, it's always a great matchup between those two quarterbacks and both of them can carry a team. And so if they both play, that would become my marquee. And so I'm just going to leave it there Marquee. Key for the week
2: you mean to tell me you mean to tell me you are not excited for geno smith against jordan love tell you what as exciting as that sounds
0: as exciting as that sounds i'm not (laughs) so anyway (laughs) hey that's our picks that's our uh fantasy that's everything let's stick around and hope that week 10 in the nfl is better than week nine we'll see you guys next week